and I could see that it, that it really was possible. It increased my faith that it is possible to intentionally bring God in the workplace. Not only was Phil talking about it, but I, I met a few of the workers there, kind of heard their stories, and I was like, wow, this is really something genuine. Every leader faces challenges on a daily basis, and the way we navigate those challenges can make a deep and lasting impact for time and eternity. We're helping leaders discover practical tools based on biblical principles and helping you create like-minded communities who will walk with you as you lead your organization to health. Welcome to the Healthy Leaders Podcast. Hello, friend. I am your host, Peter Hartzell. I'm very pleased to be with you today. Excited to introduce you to uh, Marcus Winger. Uh, Marcus has an amazing company uh, called Outdoor Pisonia. The website is outdoorpisonia.com where they build custom outdoor structures and uh, some pretty cool stuff. I would encourage you to take a look at the website. In fact, I just told Marcus off air that I want to fly him out to Montana to build me a garage and a greenhouse. Uh, these are pretty cool. Uh, also, Phil Cohen, of course, is here with us today. Uh, and we are going to have a really fun conversation with Marcus. Um, Phil just recently got back home after a trip out to, is it Rhode Island where you're located, Marcus? Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, to, to Rhode Island to meet with Marcus and his team uh, and talk with them about starting one of these campfire groups in their organization. Uh, Build Something Beautiful for God is uh, going, going to the streets. <laughs> so we're really excited to have you on, Marcus. Thanks for taking some time to join us on the podcast. Sure, this is great. Phil, could you just give us some background on how you met Marcus? I know Marcus has been doing this for about 15 years. Marcus, you told me you started a family out of your family business. This business began. Uh, Phil, what was your connection with Marcus and how do you know each other? I guess you knew, uh, your wife knew about me from some people who attended church that we had in common. <clears throat> and he wandered into our workplace at Cohen Woodworking several years ago. And I have a, a, a few people who, who get my personal devotionals, and he's been getting them. And we've had several conversations about getting something going. And then it just we just stayed together. We stuck this thing out. And it just happened that my, art, my wife was going to art school in Arizona. And uh, so I scheduled a time to spend some time up there with them so I wouldn't go crazy alone here at home. <clears throat> and I went up there and shared, and we met, we talked, we did a lot of walking and talking, and Marcus had a lot of questions, a lot of the right questions, and and then I presented to his, his company and then uh, a few other companies, and so there's, there's an interest there to get this thing going. So the connection was uh, not specifically about build something beautiful for God. It was, it was curiosity. Correct. Yes. I had uh, uh, come in contact with some of Cohen Architectural Woodworks and Phil Cohen's um, publicity, like in the the, uh, uh, the the business journal and so forth in Missouri. And so I had I had seen them and was curious. So I kind of started following them for a bit as well. And tell me a little bit about your company and what you do. So we design and build uh, outdoor living structures uh, in the Boston Metro West area. Uh, we do a lot with gazebos and sheds and pool houses and garages and uh, different things like that. And you told me that it, it kind of came out of a family business. So what was your family business before that? How did, how did this kind of evolve? 
from what you were doing. Sure. So I grew up, uh, I grew up on a farm. Uh, we, we raised produce and part of that was we, we sold the produce at a farm store there uh, where I grew up. And they had always, uh, my family had, since the beginning of that, had sold indoor and outdoor furniture. And then whenever uh, I, about 15 years ago, we started really pushing more of the outdoor living products. We introduced sheds and gazebos and, uh, and it kind of went from there then over time. When you started in the beginning, did you start off as a faith-based organization from the beginning or, or did you evolve into mm-hmm. more of a faith-based company as time went on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good question. So I grew up in, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a good family, a very, uh, much more of a traditional type church. And so we brought some of those values to the workplace, I would say, but, um, but it's not like we really had a, a strong faith foundation that we started the company on. It's a curious thing when you find a business leader that is motivated by bringing Christ into that environment more so than they're motivated by growing and making more money. <laughs> like a lot of times business leaders, I, I've found, at least in my experience, when you find a business leader that claims to be a Christian, a lot of times there's some things that are attached to that. Either they use the word Christian in order to capitalize on emotion, people's emotions. And uh, Phil had made a comment earlier today when we were talking, a lot of times when you find a Christian organization that just screams, we're bad with money, or we're, or we want a deal, or, you know, we want to take advantage of people. Or we need to be forgiven more often. Exactly. Have more grace on us. Right. Exactly. And so when you are a business leader, obviously profit and growth and fi- you know financial stability are important, but uh, you've made the decision that actually our faith is central. It's more important than the profit and having a team of people that are, are committed to uh, walking this out according to the word of God is more important than focusing first on profits and maybe capitalizing or using our faith as leverage to get ahead. So why is it that, so that's a long-winded question or, 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 or set up to ask the question, why? Why have you made that decision? Why is this so important mm-hmm. to you? Yeah, and I think, it's, I think that that is a big question. And if I, um, I mean, I can give you a little bit of the kind of the history of my journey, which might be helpful in bringing yeah bringing me kind of to that place. Um, so if, you know, if I dial the clock back, I grew up in, I grew up in, like I said, in a, in a family run business that did d- things different than what we do currently. And, you know, during that time, I, I had, I had a lot of big ideas. I was very motivated about business and uh, making money. And, and I put a lot of time and, and energy into building a, a treasure city, if you will, for myself and during during that time, you know, growing up in a in a Christian family and, and a Christian environment, I would have considered myself to be a Christian and a person of integrity. But the reality was, is I was a very very selfish person and, and very independent. And with that, I was uh, I was motivated a lot by I was motivated a lot by money. Um, you know, in, in growing up in the family business uh, at a very young age, I was. I was responsible for my own schedule and my family. They kind of blessed my entrepreneur spirit. And 
I was very quick to take responsibility in managing different pieces of the responsibility. And there were a lot of times that I wasn't given a lot of uh, guidance at times. So then the, uh, the business that I lead now started out of that family business that I shared before um, about 15 years ago. And I became the uh, principal owner uh, approximately 10 years ago. And, you know, even through that time, I had a lot of big, big ideas as far as where the business could go and what it could become. And I, and, and I was motivated by that, but I really didn't, even in, from a selfish perspective, I didn't really have a clue as to what it would take to make that a reality. Bringing it a little closer to today, if we roll the clock back about five years ago, you know, by that time I was married, we had a, a couple of children and God continued to lay on my wife and my heart that there just really needs to be something more. Uh, we wanted more for our family, more for our children to grow up in. You know, I, I, I came to the realization that, that really I was in business for the wrong reasons. And over the course of time, God brought me to a place, I believe, of surrender with the business. And I was at I was at peace. At that time, I was at peace that either something needed to drastically change my perspective in business, or I needed to get out of the business. And if I stayed, it would it would be a big change of focus. So then, about about three or four years ago, uh, we did we did come to rest, and we did realize. One of my purposes and responsibilities here in life and for my family to use the business, uh, to continue running the, the business and, and to use the business to make a difference. Um, but again, I was, I was pretty clueless, I would say, as to what that looked like. So, so seeking God and all of that and trying to figure out, you know, what, what does this really look like? I was one of those people that was somewhat skeptical. You know, I'd heard of faith-based companies but a bit skeptical of them as they often appeared to to use the the faith-based thing for their gain. But I did really like the idea of using the business as some sort of ministry or discipleship platform. And through that process, I I was introduced to Phil. I heard of Phil and Cohen Architectural Woodworks. And so I called up Phil and, and said, hey, you know, I'd like to heard about you guys. I'd like to just come and meet you if that's all right. And she was very open to that, and, and so I was, I was excited. I went to, uh, uh, to visit with Phil and Cohen Architectural Woodworks there one morning. And like I, like I said, I was, somewhat, I was somewhat skeptical because of my preconceived ideas of what does Christianity look like in the business. Um, but I went there, and I was actually very encouraged. Um, and a few things that I saw there that were encouraging was I felt like they were, they were very genuine, especially Phil. Also, I realized that, that there was, there was a potential path that could make sense step by step and visiting with Phil and hearing his journey, you know, it all started the, the whole faith-based culture and introducing all of that started very small, but uh, they, they let God lead them, let God lead that. And, and it grew into something, uh, grew into something very beautiful Another thing that was very encouraging is is I could see that it was working, um, and I could see that it, that it really was possible. It increased my faith that it is possible to intentionally bring God in the workplace. You know, not only was Phil talking about it, but I, I met a few of the workers there. Um, I believe I met Palmer, uh, maybe another 
individual or two and kind of heard their stories. And I was like, wow, this is, this is something real here. This isn't just, you know, something that's uh, being thrown around on the news, but I can feel like that it was really something genuine. Hmm. Phil, when, when you uh, actually got to be with Marcus and his team and kind of see how things were running, did you, did you kind of get the impression that, uh, they were kind of already doing it before you got there. They just needed a little guidance or did, was it kind of like a bootstrap and like, we're starting from scratch? No, they already had momentum. Mm -hmm. When I came, I met with his whole team. I met with some of his managers and, uh, as I wandered around, you know, I, I, I know how to build a business structure on a biblical foundation so we're not talking about singing Kumbaya and praying for miracles, but there's actual big biblical principles that you can build a structure where you can scale a business, a profitable business. And, and it, I saw, as I wandered around his business, I saw a huge amount of opportunities there where he could grow, just uh, where he could scale his business, improve on his hiring just so many, so many things there. And I used to say when I ran my business that our business is a bumblebee because it's scientifically impossible for a bumblebee to fly. And I, I saw there, I saw that there was a lot of huge opportunities there for him to increase his profits by increasing his efficiencies and creating different sales structures. And and I'm so I'm asking myself. How is it that they're in business? And and it it kept coming down to the one thing: he really loves his employees. His people feel loved, and and they 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 felt loved and they loved him. And when you feel loved, you're going to make that company succeed. Hmm. And so, what I I'm hoping to do is teach them better ways to succeed. Teach them how to get their knife sharper, how to be more efficient. Um, and my agreement with them, as long as they keep that, that faith-based foundation, because you can build a great business without, it's like building a house without a good foundation. You can build a, good, a great house without a good foundation. But to, we're going to build it on the, the faith-based foundation. But yeah, he was already going. It was already in motion. So when you come in to uh, consult and help, people with this, uh, starting these groups and all the things that we've been talking about. It, it's not just, um, bringing Jesus into the workplace and, and doing a bunch of Bible classes and discipleship. We're actually talking about some really robust business coaching and consulting and, oh, yeah. and ways that you can actually, so if you're listening to this podcast, you're, a, a, a you have a, a company that you own or manage and you're curious about, if this could work for you, this, you're not just getting, uh, Bible classes from, from pastor Phil, <laughs> you're getting, no. you're getting some really practical and robust business coaching and a mentor to walk through things with you. Yeah. Is that so I was, I was part of convene for four years, convene and C12 where we met every month for a full day. And we just taught each other how to build a business mm -hmm. based on biblical principles. And, the one group I was in, we were doing over $300 million a year combined and had almost 2,000 employees. So we're talking about the real thing. We're talking about Hobby Lobby and 
mm-hmm. and Chick-fil-A about real companies that are mm-hmm. making real money, but it's clean money. It's yeah. godly money. And, and so I learned how to do all that. And then also, because it was working so well, we had professional consultants and coaches mm-hmm. in just about every facet of our business to marketing, um, sales, meeting structure, hiring practices. We were investing about $50,000 a year on that type of coaching and education. Mm-hmm. So it, we're talking, and that's what I'm bringing. This is my dream is in my post Cohen after I sold the company is to teach, to make this available to other companies who mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to meet or can't afford to meet in a country club mm. and, and who want to keep the God in the foundation, who don't want to just use God to help them when they're in trouble. And then once they're out of trouble, then they just ride on the, the surface stuff, the, the systems. Well, like you said, uh, uh, many people start, they get desperate. They turn to God for a solution. Then they get back on their feet and then they get cocky and they start going after profits. <laughs> so and then they throw. Yeah. And so, right. The, in the early days they're, they're, they're just going, I know my character is what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. It's my character. That's that's. there's a direct, um, it is direct. My character directly affects the bottom line. Mm. The secrets, if you read the books, uh, the kings, what, what goes on in the secret heart of the king, in fact, affected the entire nation. Mm-hmm. So in the early days, and, and we, 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 we just worked on our secret hearts and what went on in our secret hearts. And, and we knew that the way we treated people mattered. And, and we knew that if we didn't have good families, that that would drain us. And there was no purpose of running a good business if you didn't have a good family to come home to in the early days. And then gradually uh, people got cocky and, and they started making a lot of money. And it was a lot more fun to be at work making money than it was to go home. And so then we saw families starting to fall apart and mm. people throwing money at their family problems mm. instead of keeping the family central. Mm. And that's uh, what God warned the Israelites is, is when you become wealthy, don't forget God. And mm. most people do. Whatever goes on in the secret heart of the king affects the entire nation. So there's some ways to prevent that. And one is to be in a small group of people who are your peers, who hold you accountable, who know you, mm-hmm. who know you well enough. It takes about a year to develop that trust, who actually start under- knowing what your secret heart is. Mm-hmm. And then spending time in the word and having that godly foundation and there's going to be times when you're going to go through trials where your your career is going to be threatened your business is going to be threatened and you're going to have to say well my christianity doesn't stop here i'm going to continue being a christian even if the business goes down or i lose my place in the business yeah you will have times when you're going to go through trials where you have to make that choice Mm. and and even in the 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 secular like I've been, I'm part of a small giants community for Forbes magazine. And so these companies that are, that are known for best workplaces, the way they assess the workplace is they ask the workers questions that help them understand. And when you, uh, 
So discretionary energy is like discretionary time or money. It's what you have left after you've met your, your necessities. And so if in a workplace, uh, they, have, they have ways of asking questions of the workers. What are you doing with your discretionary energy? And if they're using their discretionary energy to go set the second mile for the company, to go the second mile with the customers, to watch out for their fellow employees, to help each other succeed, then, then that company is considered healthy. If they're using their discretionary energy to self-preserve, just look out for themselves, they're arguing with the customers, they're competing against their fellow workers, they're secretly looking for another job. They actually have ways of assessing that. And that's in the non-Christian world. So the, so a leader, when he's, and leadership is extremely painful, and it can be very lonely, and, and your temptation is to go into self-preservation mode. So Marcus and I have talked about that a good bit, and that's something that in his group that they need to come up with a, some, some kind of a covenant to keep each other from going into self-preservation mode. Because when you do that, you start blindly doing things that harm others. Yeah. And and I imagine, too, uh, in your personal life, Marcus, that I, I would imagine that your relationship with your family has only gotten better as your, your focus in your workplace has been shifted towards putting Christ at the center. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. I think it's brought, you know, it's brought more more peace and, and more uh, straightforward priorities and mm-hmm. and so forth and all of that. Did you feel like you had any resist? I know your family is primarily all uh, believers in, in Christ, but did you have much resistance? Did you have, uh, get a lot of questions from family about, you know, your intentions and your motives? Did you have support? Uh, what was your kind of your experience on the family side of things when you started to make Christ you know, a priority a couple years ago? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, uh, originally, just because of there, there were a lot of um, changes that were happening personally and in my family, you know, my wife and my kids, our family, that there was definitely some skepticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think over time that that trust has been, uh, you know, become stronger, that mm-hmm. it does make sense to them. Here's, here's the deal. If, if Jesus, Jesus could come in and run your company, all you'd have to do is show up. Hmm. And, and it seems unfair. I mean, it's just like your family. If Jesus could run your family, all you'd have to do is show up. But he left imperfect humans who are going to screw up and they're going to live with a lot of I don't knows and a lot of frustrations. And so we live in the midst of that, and yet somehow still the Spirit of God leads us in the right direction because our faith is toward him. Like Jesus said, if he's lifted up, he'll draw us to him. So it's a mystery why he uses imperfect people. And I don't know how qualified Marcus is, but I always felt like I was the least qualified person in the building. Hmm. And I think God knocked some of the chips off of Marcus's shoulders too. (laughs) But it's somehow... God actually enjoys those feelings of inadequacy that we come with, and he provides a way through. Isn't that amazing, too, that we have God and his grace and his mercy to uh, 
to cover us. You know, like you said a second ago, Phil, that if if Christ were to run our family or our workplace, all we'd have to do is show up. I think that's the case. It really is true. All we have to do is show up. But but showing up does require a lot of us. It's not just like being present or being, uh, you know, in proximity to your workplace, but it's actually being very, very intentional and thoughtful and, and purposeful in all the decisions that you make, how you, how you position yourself in the marketplace and how, how people perceive you, where you can serve and your customer trust that you can serve their need. Um, and it's not all about the, the fact that you're a faith-based company, but they know that you have integrity and that you're going to, mm-hmm. uh, if you say you can do something, you're going to do it. And that's uh, one, of, one of our podcasts coming up is the other forms of currency. Correct. Because money alone won't sustain a company. There's other forms of currency like mm-hmm. building trust and knowing you're going to show up on time and knowing that you care for people. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap for today. Marcus, thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us and, and share your story. I, it's been really exciting to hear um, your your backstory and how you've kind of gotten to where you're at now and very excited for you know the reports of what's coming out of your group uh, in Rhode Island. And I will definitely stay in touch with you. And I know Phil is going to be very involved with you guys uh, moving forward. So thanks for taking some time with us today. Yeah, it was my pleasure to, to join this. We are excited for you listeners to get to get some insight into the real world stuff that we're we're doing with I mean with real people and real organizations that are dedicated to putting Christ at the center and not just to grow profits, not to profit off of off of their faith, but to actually do this God's way. And so if you would like help and support, I would encourage you to go to philcohen.co and we have lots of resources on the website. You can connect with Phil. Uh, We have a feature on the website where if you'd like to talk with Phil face-to-face, you can set up a 15-minute Zoom call and he can talk with you and we can figure out uh, how, how we can best serve you. So we'd encourage you to take advantage of that. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Leaders Podcast as we journey together toward healthy biblical leadership. If you're facing a particular challenge in your organization, please visit healthy-leaders.org. We would love to help you lead your organization to health. Thank you.